Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Robert Luke, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I want to begin today with a history-breaking rollout. The last factory-built 747-8F is heading for delivery towards Atlas Air. Now, we know that that delivery will officially take place sometime in early 2023, but it's leaving a big hole in not only Boeing's Everett factory, but as well as a big hole in future aircraft demand. I want to turn to Associate Editor Robert Luke and Editor Jeff Lee. You guys covered this rollout quite extensively earlier this week. And what does it mean for the future of the freighter market? Robert? Thank you, Andrew. It's a major transition, obviously, for a lot of reasons, uh, from the Going Green initiative and reducing emissions to uh, more fuel efficiency while still maintaining a same level of operational capacity with the twin engine wide body freighters that are going to be uh, the replacement freighters for this uh, legend that is going to be on its last production mile, as we've noticed earlier. Um, I do think that typically nothing's ever going to replace the quad engine freighters for just their overall bulk capabilities and carrying capabilities. But as we talked about in our podcast uh, last Friday, you know, this is bringing in a new dynamic where these twin engine wide body freighters will be able to specifically customize their uh, strategies, these strategies and operational formats of uh, operators individually versus following the traditional hub and spoke system. Uh, you know, granted that the 747, especially the 8F models, will at least continue to operate for the foreseeable next 20 years. Um, the landscape of the wide body segment will be uh, predominantly uh, controlled by 777s and A350s. So it's it's definitely going to make a change to the landscape that's going to not only cause a shift in the operational needs of each, each operator and carrier, but it's also going to kind of change demand more or less because with less capacity, there's going to have to be more frequency. So we have to kind of see how that plays out, but we're definitely going to have a void here as the uh, quad engine queen of the skies will at some point in the near future no longer operate, or we will not continue to see the run as this 50 year production run comes to a halt. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, we knew this moment was was coming, right? I mean, we we known that the line was coming to an end and and all that and who the the final units were going to but i guess it's symbolic in a way because now it has actually happened and the factory now is um well has pushed out its final unit um and we'll see this aircraft progress through the the usual um process of you know tests and paint and all that um but that yeah so the final delivery is coming up very soon um but it is interesting and as you say there is no full one-to-one replacement um of the 747-8 um but you know the reality is uh that in the large wide body freighter space it's now um you know the a350 freighter the 777-8 the 777 conversions and to some degree um the current generation 777f and so we thought that we would 
take this opportunity to basically look at which carriers currently operate older, uh, the older generation of 747. So that doesn't include the Dash 8. Uh, so 200s, 300s and 400s. And just see which, which of these carriers haven't, to our knowledge, uh, committed to any of the the newer types. It's not a very long list, but um, this list is interesting. So you have um, some major combination carriers like Cathay and Korean. And, UPS. Um, yeah, so, and then, um, you know, you also have some smaller players like Air ACT and uh, GeoSky, particularly those are interesting because they've some of these have the older 200s as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, some of these we would definitely not be surprised to see ordering the um, newer 777-8 or the A350. Uh, and uh, in fact, we know that. Cafe is close to either making a decision or close to announcing its decision. Um, same thing with Asiana, um, and but that that is interesting because they're still going through their integration with Korean Air, and we're not exactly sure how that will affect the the freight of the combined freight of fleet. Um, but what we also think is that as some of these uh, major carriers order the newer types, there will be sort of a, a cascading effect for, of their 400s kind of moving away and being picked up by other carriers. Such as the um, ones we've mentioned, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And so we, there's going to be a lot of change happening in the large wide-body freighter segment um, in the next five four, five, six years. And you just have to wonder um, when we're going to see more of these um, orders ta taking place. And I think we will see more uh, in the year ahead. I'm going to interject here and I'm going to present this question to both Andrew and Jeff. Let's flip the scenario here and look at it from the most extreme angle. Could there be a slight chance that the industry realizes, and maybe even Boeing realizes, that they should have never terminated the 747 freighter program. Andrew, go. I want you to go first on that thought. What do you think? I'm not sure if that would translate for the, the 747 exactly, but something that's drawn my eye um, is, perhaps it's a little too soon to say, but the relative success of Airbus's commercialization of its Beluga freighters, uh, there seems to be plenty of appetite for the ultra-sized capacity. And I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse um, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, because Jeff, you had an exclusive news item earlier about um, one next-generation freighter option trying to squeeze every inch out of its frame by en enlargement of its uh, door past what was previously built for it. Yeah, so this is a very interesting development and it's, it, you know, shows Airbus is, is very receptive to making 
changes so that it makes its A350 freighter even more competitive. And so what they told me was that they uh, they had been talking to the customers, um, you know, for a while, and so they had kind of this uh, plan for a larger door. Um, basically, just they had it all along. They were just kind of waiting for the new production standard on all A350s um, to be able to to get the green light to go ahead with this door, new door design because partly because of the weight savings um, from the new production standard, which uh, that was recently delivered. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because now the A350F is going to uh, have the widest, and this is currently true. I'm not sure whether Boeing will want will be is planning something or will want to do something about it. But right now, um, as it stands, Airbus, the A350 has will have the, the widest cargo door. And yes, it's still not going to be the, you know, the nose door that the 747, production 747 has. Um, but it has to be said that, you know, we've, we've talked to many of these 747 operators and they the use of that nose loading capability uh, is important, but they're not using it on every single flight. So mm -hmm. they they will ha have to just accept that the these these newer freighters won't have that. Um, but in the meantime, you know, the Airbus is making um, the door wider so that it would be easier um, to load some of these larger pallets and um, outsized items. And in addition to that, Jeff, sorry to interject here, uh, the nose loader adds another 22,000 pounds of weight on, on the 747, so that reduces its carrying capacity as well. So uh, I think that also plays a key factor into Airbus's approach to just widening the door, maybe, maybe not. But I do know from talking to uh, various engineers and pilots that fly the 74, that was definitely something that was uh, recognized early on. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And actually, the so this larger, slightly wider door um, is not going to have an effect on the payload, um, partly because of the weight savings. But it's... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes the A350 a much more compelling product. And as we were saying last week, the it doesn't entirely overlap with the 777-8F. Um, and so we, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing who will pick the A350. And going back to the 747 discussion, it is interesting that only so far there haven't been uh, that many 747 operators that have committed to um, any of these newer types uh, specifically. Um, and as we said, there you know only Singapore Airlines, Cargo Lux, and Silkway have decided to order one of these types um, to replace the 747s, and so. We will be seeing more of those um, in the year ahead. And and to add to that, you know, I think another point that, you know, is at least up for discussion is, you know, with the with the 7.4, you don't need ETOPS. You've got four engines. 
you have free reign to go as far as that airplane will travel. With the twin engine wide bodies, as we all know, ETOPS is required before you, you know you can engage in over overseas flights and you only have 90 to 180 minute uh, range of distance capability when you have ETOPS certification. You know, there's pros and cons to both sides. With the 7-4, you can just go. You don't have to get the certifications and you don't have to incur the expenses that are required to do that. However, the trade-off is the fuel burn. You pay more with that and also with most, uh, you know, most of the global economy transitioning to more fuel efficient uh, approaches to uh, bringing the green, the go green energy approach to uh, our society that we live in, that's definitely a red flag and definitely not some, an angle that most want to pursue. But it is uh, definitely, if you look at the expenses, there's trade-offs. Some will, some will say it's cheaper to operate the the four engine seven four, and some say it's more economical to operate the twin engine with the ETOPS. You know, so I mean that's that's another uh, argument for a discussion at a later point in time. But those are just some key things to to keep in mind, and that may have an uh, impact on why some of these uh, current seven four seven operators are hesitant to uh, make a make a firm decision on their next aircraft to replace the existing seven four seven fleet they currently have. Well, I mean, I think also there are, um, I think there are actually higher ETOPS ratings now that go up upwards of 200 minutes um, and even more. But um, no, the, 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 there is a valid point there. And I think um, when you were saying whether Boeing uh, made the right decision to end the 7479, I think um, when they were doing that, market conditions were very different from now and you know they even asked major operators like Cargolux and, and UPS whether they they wanted more and the answer back then was no so um they, they weren't just going to speculatively keep the line open um yeah market conditions change and we also reported earlier this year that UPS, uh, which previously said no to Boeing, um, looks like they might be looking at picking up um, at least two uh, used Dash 8s from somewhere. Um, so, you know, these things change and it's, it's just, it is interesting to see these um, these developments and these the, what these carriers are thinking. Agreed. I do agree. And it was interesting. I think we wrote on that article uh, not too long ago uh, regarding UPS having the two options that they're looking to exercise, although we don't know where they would actually secure those assets from. It'll be interesting to see if they end up finally getting those and where they acquired them from. Right. And uh, yeah, just uh, apart from those, uh, we now know there are a whole bunch of uh, seven four, used 747s um, and we are seeing uh, people becoming interested in them and, and picking them up. So, uh, yeah, there there aren't there won't be any more new uh, 747-8Fs. But in the meantime, um, a they will certainly continue. We'll see them flying for for many many years to come. But also, we'll kind of continue to see these uh, transactions and these these queens uh, changing hands. I was waiting all podcasts to mention White Walker Enterprises. Um, yeah, you want to talk about that? Game of Thrones <laughs> themed 747 classic um, activations. But um, on that note, um, it's time for us to end. And for those of you listening, I want to say thank you 
For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.